0: Hey podcast listeners, this episode went longer than we originally planned. Usually we cut out the fluff to bring it down to a more manageable length, but there really wasn't much to cut. So this time around we decided to break it into a part A and B. Here's part A, and next week we'll bring you part B. Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder.
1: I'm Alex Argo.
2: And I'm Alex Robinson.
0: This is episode 135, second episode of the new year here. And uh, we first, as our tradition continuing here, we uh, first started off with what we want to do in the new year. And now we'd like to talk about what. We are looking at in the new year and what we are no longer going to be looking at as this year progresses. Uh, it, it's basically our annual buy, sell, hold, uh, tradition. But, um, I did go back today and listen to last year's episode. We spent quite a bit of time, uh, talking about Chris Latner leaving Apple and whether that would affect the future of Swift or not. Uh, so it's kind of, kind of an interesting retrospective and. We thought that he would stay there for a long time at Tesla, but six months later he was off to Google. So it's maybe about time for him to switch jobs again, if he's going to keep track or keep well, uh, up his current pace.
1: I think the uh, I think the reason he switched jobs wasn't just to switch jobs after Tesla.
0: No, <laughs> no, I'm sure it was definitely a uh, finding the right fit kind of thing. So hopefully this year. He sticks around Google because he's happy and is enjoying life there. So other interesting things, we went back and uh, listened to the rest of the episode, and I it thought it would be kind of fun to go over some of the things we, we talked about last year and just what our records were and kind of compare that to what happened over the rest of the year. Uh, one of the things we had on there was UI kit animations. Well, I do this every year too. We should probably back up and give a little bit of a definition of what our what the buy sell hold thing.
1: You can try, but we always just ignore it, and it never makes sense. <laughs> but let's let's give it a go.
0: Yeah, well, it's a stock market kind of thing, and studies have proven that you can take the whole concept of the stock market, and if people are putting money into something, even like if you say I'm going to give you a dollar, and you can pick which presidential candidate is going to win. Nine times, you know, the majority of the time, there's people that are actually investing money, or even if it's play money, they tend to pick the right outcome rather than what they want. And so this is a, the buy, sell, hold is kind of that way where we pick a technology and we say, I would rather, I want to buy this because I think it's going to go places or I want to sell this because it's not going anywhere other than to, uh, depths of obscurity and the hold is just kind of the yeah it's doing all right i don't need to limit my exposure to it it's mature or it might even be not be mature but it's just there it's not gonna take off in popularity and it's not gonna fall off a cliff or anything so that's the whole buy sell hold
1: i think we'll go by that definition that should work um so should we start with our 2017 lift and Review and see how right or wrong we all were. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Um, one of the things we talked about was UI kit animations. And I think this really applied more to like third party frameworks. We, we all said there was, we're going to die. Um, what was that one from Facebook? Pop. Pop. Yeah. Uh, I think that's more or less gone these days. Uh, but in some of that one came off of, uh, in iOS 10, Apple introduced that UI property view Animator class. And so we all just said, yeah, we're going to keep using animations and third-party ones, dead or dying. Basically, just kind of their functionality was replaced by framework classes.
2: And there's been some new ones this past year, uh, but I don't know if any of them have really, outside of some really nice demos, if they've really caught on. Yeah, so, you know, from my money, I'd probably stick with what the platform provides and not uh, introduce a framework that, or something like that.
0: That's probably going to be unsupported in the next three to six months. Yeah. So wearables, uh, we were, we were a little bit skeptical or not skeptical, but on the fence of where this were, where these things were going to go. Hey, Alex, you were leaning towards the cell, but you were still, in the hold mode, Argo, you didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I said I was going to hold on to it because I'd just gotten my new Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> and the it, second
2: gen one. And I ended up getting a the third gen watch uh this past year. Yeah. LTE, right? Yeah. Which that really was kind of a waste of money. <laughs> Um, at least for me, I don't know. I haven't had much of a need for it, nor am I convinced it works all that well. But, you know, with that, like, you know, you see Apple watches on people everywhere you go now, like it's less of a, you know, we're in the Midwest and it's less of just like techies and, and, uh, gadget geeks. It's, you know, waitresses and, uh, um cashiers and stores cashiers yeah. you know, and pretty much everybody kid you know college kids you know it's not so much uh limited to just uh, early adopters now um
1: i know two out of three of our sons have apple watches so <laughs> maybe yeah. more i'm not sure
2: <laughs> maybe <laughs> the uh yeah i you yeah, know a lot of that i think has to do with like the previous generation previous editions being cheaper so the price point's gone down I think we're still lacking any like serious killer app third-party apps for the watch, but uh, you know we're seeing more and more people wearing them.
1: Yeah, so two of us were hold la- or sorry, yeah. Ooh, I guess I was. So... Well, it looks like Alex mm-hmm. straddled the fence and he was both, and I was sell and Sam. You were hold, and if anything, I think it'd be hold or buy, like from a from Apple's perspective, because I mean they've been selling a lot of these things, but feel like in terms of like apps for them uh it looks like cell was probably yeah. the way to go so do we for for 2018 what are we thinking and do we want to specify if we're talking about the wearable market or wearables uh as a like a platform to build a business on
2: i think we're still you know i think in terms of hardware like you said it's it's probably a buy, but in terms of apps, I think it's still a fairly narrow market in terms of applicable uh, use cases. I mean, we're still building watch apps for our clients, Um, but I think, you know, we're still seeing like personal uh, health stats and activity type of apps, exercise apps, be kind of the the biggest niche market for, for the watch. Um and I think one thing that we talked about last year, or at least we've talked about with the Apple watch is there's no real watch marketplace. you can't easily monetize the watch app independent of a iOS app. It has to come with an iOS app, so it makes it hard to uh put a cost or put a way to generate revenue from a watch app specifically yeah, so you can't
0: directly tie it.
2: Yeah, so you're looking mostly for a halo effect where, you know, app A and app B are fairly equal, except app A has a watch app and it may drive more sales because of that.
1: Yeah, I think I pretty much agree with you, Alex. Uh, It seems like it's a buy from a wearable as the market and a sell as a wearables for. Well, I guess I'm a sell for wearables for development. Maybe. Are you a hold on that?
2: I'm probably a hold on that. Um, I I could definitely see, especially as more sensors come out. Like if we see, like a, a non-invasive blood glucose sensor on the watch in 2018, I could see a whole slew of apps around personal healthcare.
1: Gotcha. Could be. What? So Sam, what are you on for 2018 on wearables?
2: Uh, so
0: I, I will tell you this little story, uh, or anecdotal story. I use Over, uh, overcast for my podcast playing app of choice and it has a watch app and you know, Marco has recently redone it and the new watch OS 11 is much more about surfacing the apps that you're using when you need them rather than you having to go find them. Well, the problem I have is when I go grocery shopping is when I listen to podcasts the most and I'm actually using the reminders app on the watch to check off things from my grocery list. And every time I raise my wrist to go check off an item, that Overwatch player is right there, and I have to use the multitasking interface to get back to the the, uh, checklist to check something off. So I would actually prefer it if Overcast did not have a watch app. So I am going to sell. Now I'm thinking about this, I should just go and into the watch app and actually just take it off my off my watch so I don't have to worry about overcast doing it to me again.
1: So that was a sell on development. What about wearables as a, like a market, like the device itself, like Apple selling them?
0: Yeah. I think Apple will stick with it. I do. I do like it in some cases. Yeah. I've actually used Apple maps a little bit more because when you're driving and it's giving you directions, and it gives you a nice little taps on the wrist to tell you when it's time to take your turn and which way to go and everything. I think that's pretty nice, and I I miss it when I end up using Google Maps instead. It's it's definitely a good technology it's, as far as your average developer and the whole gold mine thing. It's that's definitely not happening. All right, so our next item up on our two thousand seventeen list was the Apple TV, and pretty much everybody of a hold on this uh there was some calls saying yeah we're gonna need to see a 4k apple tv or it's dead
2: and so late 2017 we did see the 4k apple tv launch and we also saw amazon prime uh added to the apple tv uh or was that uh december or january i can't remember
0: i think it did come out in december
2: uh, so in terms of the hardware and the platform, it's still, you know, at, at least for me, it's, I have several Apple, Apple TVs, pretty much every TV has got an Apple TV on it. Um, I think for the most part it works really well. Uh, but I still think, uh, TV apps are mostly focused on, uh, video content. Uh, so if you're not doing video, uh, I, I think there's probably not a whole lot of, uh, of opportunity there, but that's, that's my position.
0: I would kind of agree with that. The thing for me is I have, I did buy the 4k Apple TV and I've used it. I was using it on my, my uh, desk a little bit for development and playing around. And then I took it downstairs to hook up and just set it down on a table. And it's still sitting there waiting for me to swap it out with the, the other one. It's just, too easy for me to pull up Netflix on the Samsung TV's interface, even though the Apple TV interface for Netflix and everything else in general is better. It's just more convenient to just get it from the TV remote.
2: Yeah, I I find the TV apps on my TV, or at least the interface, is not as, as nice as the Apple TV.
0: Yeah, definitely, but I'm three four taps away from Netflix. And that's pretty much all I actually watch on my TV when I'm watching TV.
2: Yeah. I think the other issue is you got to give your TV Wi-Fi access as well. Um, Which which maybe that's no big deal, but I have my Apple TVs plugged into ethernet. Wow. Fargo.
1: Yeah. I'd say I'm kind of similar. I, I, I have the device. I use it. Like you guys all said, it's, you know, the interface is, I feel like the best TV interface out there. I really wish you could automate it uh, for some smart home stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Um, But yeah, as far as making apps for it or something like that, definitely I would be a sell just just because it's mainly video content. And uh, the nice thing about Apple TV is now, I mean, you could pretty much get all of your video content on there, uh, except for maybe like Google Play videos. Although that might even be on there. Honestly, I have no clue
2: there's YouTube, I don't and maybe even YouTube TV.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like when there's one of these new streaming services, it comes to Apple TV first. Uh, it's kind of like the it's kind of the Apple version of a TV thing. It's like the high end TV streaming box, and it's not going to be the one that everyone buys or even everyone should buy. Uh, but it's the nicest one, and it's the it's the one that um, it's going to. Get the most money, I guess, because <laughs> uh, my parents like they just got a new Roku TV. Like you were saying, like uh, I just had them install some apps, and I said, "Yeah, just use the Roku built into the TV. You have one remote; it's super simple. It's good enough, um, but if you really, you know, want the best, then I'd say Apple TVs are where it's at."
0: <laughs> yeah, best interface because it's while it's still good hardware, yeah. Their Android devices tend to put some of the better hardware out there as far as specs go. Although, even Android TV these days—is it an Android TV? I always mix it up because there was the one that they made first. That the, the Google <laughs> TV—that's the one that was first, and the, that died, I believe.
1: Yeah, Android tvs the their current yeah. uh, box or in, in-built TV thing.
0: Even that, like, they're not really doing that many. Uh, uh, set-top boxes. It's more built into the TV these days, so I'm not sure the future of the, the set-top box thing, like the actual Apple TV hardware.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll get the app actual <laughs> TV with uh, built-in Apple TV when their new display comes out and all that yeah. stuff, but we'll, we'll see about yeah. that. Uh, do we want to move on to the touch bar?
0: Oh, This is gloss over that. We all said sell. Yeah. I'm
1: I th- well, I think I, I wanted to introduce uh, delisting an item from our <laughs> buy-sell hold, so I-, I think we don't need to talk about the Touch Bar in 2018.
2: Well,
0: two right. years in a row, it's going to get our sell. So.
1: Yep, delisted.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I will say the Touch ID is really nice on the MacBook Pro, but yes. The touch Just wait bar, until we get our yeah. Face
1: ID on the new whatever <laughs> Mac. Some, one of one them yeah. one will have it. Um, all right, moving straight along to Firebase, uh, in 2017, Alex, you said hold, uh, you didn't want to use it for production. I said hold and Sam was a tentative buy. So 2018, I think
2: with Firebase, uh, adding a whole bunch of new capabilities, acquiring, uh, fast lane and, uh, some of the, the fabric, fabric. um, uh, applications and we're using it uh, in production whether we planned on it or not so uh you know with crashlytics and and some of the other things uh for the most part and we've used it for a few other apps in in production for clients so we we've been pretty happy with it uh if you add the google cloud platform to the mix it becomes a pretty uh pretty robust uh, cloud offering and uh, fairly comparable to uh, aws and in some ways a little bit more polished a little less uh platform that you need to have a certified architect to to manage but uh you know i, I there's still things that aws does that the google cloud platform doesn't yeah I've, so i'm a buy
0: Wow, upgraded so i was a tentative buy uh, I guess, in some respects, if you would have said just Firebase, the database, anybody who said hold or sell on that one would have been right because Google has come out with a kind of a next-generation database for Firebase. Uh, it's still in beta, but that's probably the better way to go in the future for the actual database part. But the Firebase suite of tools, uh the app I did this past uh, summer and fall, it was great. Yeah. If I wanted to add a, a whole new feature that probably would have taken several, several months of night like, coding to work on, it was just like, okay, go to this control panel in Firebase and turn it on.
1: So it sounds like you've upgraded from a tentative buy to a firm buy. Yeah, I
0: would totally, <laughs> I would totally do another app using Firebase. No problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to kind of go along with what Alex said and, It's like, yeah, you're using it whether you want to or not. So (laughs) I guess it's a buy. We don't have a choice. Our Google overlords are taking over. So
0: the fabric stuff is not fully integrated yet. Uh, there, the crash reporting is definitely coming from fabric and staying in there. Uh, Google's getting rid of their own crash reporting stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, they're, they're working on getting it all integrated though. Like I, I was logging into one of my, dashboards an ad dashboard the other day for google's ad mob and there's this like note about like all right if you want to do conversion tracking the way you do it is you link this to that to that to that to that and it all the firebase is what tied it all together mm. so uh the old way doesn't work anymore here's a new way so i mean even if it's not the database it's all this stuff is getting hooked together and hopefully it'll be much more integrated in 20 18 but yeah looks like I'm forced to buy so
0: <laughs> all right so another one another topic out there react native still hanging out there still hanging on
2: yeah and you know this past year react Js changed their licensing terms to be a lot more open uh, and, and remove the patent clause uh, Facebook patent clause uh, react native at this point still has not done that uh, so that's still something to consider um, hmm. I'm still probably a hold on this uh, we recently inherited a react native project our first react native project um, you know we we'll, we'll kind of see how we feel about it after that but hmm. I will say kind of starting off a project that used to be used to build and compile fine. <laughs> Now it has to go through, just a few months ago, now it has to go through a whole upgrade process. So um, that that isn't uh, a great starting point for a project. But to be fair, a Swift project would be the same way. Oh, and Swift, you...
1: Objective C, on the <laughs> other hand.
2: <laughs> Swift, you at least get about a year, depending on
0: when you actually wrote the code.
2: Well, Swift, you have a little bit of a migration tooling as well and the compiler is a lot better at telling you where uh you have compatibility issues. Yeah. So uh we don't have quite that level of feedback with React Native, but um yeah. I'll I'll have a different opinion perhaps at the end of the project, but we'll see.
0: I'm still staying with myself.
1: Well hold on <laughs> Sam. No. No. <laughs> Now you you frame this whole thing as if we're treating this as a stock market. So even though it's not the way that you want it to be, you, you the buy sell hold is based on what you think will actually happen. Yeah. So you're telling me that you think React Native is going to go away?
0: Honestly, if I was uh, well, if I was going to put money as as far as web technologies go, yeah, React will get replaced with some other JavaScript framework du jour, but even on top of that...
1: But we're talking about React yeah, Native. Right,
0: but they, they, <laughs> okay. they go hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, the other thing is, I do believe that WebAssembly, well, it won't be... Like, the 2018 will not be the year of WebAssembly, but 2019, 2020, it's going to start becoming... Is that like bigger. Linux
1: on the desktop?
0: <laughs> no, it, it's more like uh, the old Java applets, but, but new and improved. But... um iOS 11 is now supporting WebAssembly. It was released as part of uh, Safari 11. I think that's the version that came with the new High Sierra, as well as iOS 11. So you can run WebAssembly apps or applet type things inside of your browser in Safari on your desktop and on your phone, which is very important since Safari makes up a huge portion of the the mobile web market share, and all of the other major desktop browsers support WebAssembly. And that is something that will eventually uh, dethrone JavaScript, I think, is the universal language.
1: It seems like that could. Um, so it sounds like you're sticking and sell. I was a buy last year, and I think React Native has kind of plateaued. The people who are going to use it are going to keep using it. Um, But I don't think there's going to be like a big influx at all. I'm going to downgrade from a buy to a hold. Um, I'd rather be a sell, (laughs) but I think people are going to keep using it. Uh, And we'll see. Hopefully you're right, Sam.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, my sell theory is not really applicable for 2018, but.
1: Well, (laughs) then shouldn't you not be a (laughs) sell? No, I'm still a sell. (laughs) Okay so for religious reasons sam is a sell still so investor yeah let's go on to android then (laughs) (laughs) um so for 2017 i was a buy sam said he didn't want to work in android using java so he was a hold so this is another sam contradicting what he thinks would happen uh (laughs) and alex was a buy And this note says, I'm not sure why Alex didn't like that. Apple is focusing on emojis.
0: And the funny part (laughs) is we got the ultimate emojis with the iPhone 10.
1: (laughs) That's right. Um, So I'm still a buy. I don't think Android's going anywhere. I don't think it's going to get smaller. Um, What about you, Alex?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Android's still, uh, I won't say it's dominating, so um a very strong competitor. It's
1: it's dominating well, what I mean, you talk about. <laughs> if
2: you look at Android as a whole, I, From a I market think share standpoint. Android is like and you know, we probably talked about this last year, but it's on uh exercise equipment, it's in TVs, it's it's uh in all sorts of devices. So um yeah, Android's a very viable platform, a fairly comparable. Uh in almost every way with iOS. So Yep.
1: My car dashboard runs Android and it runs CarPlay within the Android uh VM or whatever it's got going on there. But yeah, it's everywhere.
0: Although Google themselves, they are they are working on alternatives to Android. I believe it was Project Fuchsia is the, the name of it.
1: Oh yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta always be expecting at some point. Android's not going to make sense going forward.
2: <laughs> and Google. <laughs> I
1: mean, just like Mac OS 10 seemed super cool 10 years ago, but it's looking kind of long in the tooth now.
2: That's Yeah,
0: that's what the UX
1: kid is all about, right? Right. So, so what are you, Sam?
0: Well, I did happen to do an Android project this past year, and I did not use Java, and so it was pleasurable to, to do. Uh, so I will be focusing more efforts on Android this coming year as well. So I guess it makes me a buy when I don't know if I'd call it an enthusiastic buy because while the tooling has gotten a lot better, it's also gotten a lot more complicated. It's, whenever you step away from it for a while and come back, you kind of have I think to we're drink all... from the fire hose.
1: Yeah, I think we're all reluctant buys, <laughs> but we're we don't want to, but it's a thing to do. It's like eating your
0: vegetables, right?
1: Yeah. So next up from twenty seventeen was iMessage apps. That one where, Everyone sold.
0: Are we gonna delist this one?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this one needs to be delisted. <laughs> all right, still sold. Alright, so yeah. So what about uh iPad Pro? That was uh another one we talked about in twenty seventeen and we all bought. So what do you guys think about twenty yeah, eighteen? and where were we right in twenty seventeen.
0: I bought the ten inch iPad Pro that came out in dub, I love it. Uh, it's it's just a little bit better than the, the 9.7 in size. As far as the Pencil goes, I thought I would use it more than I do. And for the most part, it sits in my bag, just running out of battery. So, iPad Pro, buy. It's still a solid platform. Uh, I use it kind of as a companion to my work machine to keep my chat windows up things have a bluetooth keyboard for it so i i I like it a lot but pencil if we were going to put that in there or include it as a another list item i would just sell it
1: pencil man i have not i've not taken the pencil plunge i'll say i enjoy my ipad pro and i think maybe this project uh marzipan ios ux kit whatever merger thing I think that's probably going to mean some good things for the iPad Pro. We're probably going to be able to do a lot more with some more built-in components, hopefully. So I'm I'm a buy. I think the platform is going to be getting a lot better this year. Alex?
2: Yeah, I, I still use my iPad Pro every day. I don't know if I'm a typical user or not, but um, I like it. Now I don't... You know, going into 2018, you know, we can going to see the Pro drop. I mean, what's what's really going to be the difference between the iPad and the pro Like, shouldn't They all be pro, but um, we'll see. I guess it's a way to create multiple price points.
1: Yeah, it's true. I was just thinking about the iPad yeah. in general, although I do use a pro as my iPad. Um, but I feel like it's kind of like the iPhone 10 and that the iPad pro is just kind of like the future the ipad i mean a lot for a while they were rumoring the iphone 10 name was going to be an iphone pro i almost feel like it's the same thing kinda.
2: yeah i think apple's always had challenges with naming um second third fourth generation (laughs) products
0: uh remember the new ipad that's really old now well
1: it's it's just called ipad again yeah that's what the current yeah yeah like the iPad Air 3, maybe you'd call it, but no, it's it's just I think, iPad. I think yeah. it
0: actually has identical hardware to what was in the Air 2, as far as CPU goes. So it definitely was not a big upgrade, if it was any kind of up, an upgrade. All right, thanks for listening, and stay tuned as we return next week for Part B of our Buy, Sell, Hold 2018 edition.